Welcome to another edition of Baseball and Beyond. Today we're at the ball yard. Cardinals are uh, playing their last weekend series, and I get a chance. I say this every time, but this time I really mean it to talk to one of my all-time favorites, Randy Flores. Hi, Randy. I'm not supposed to say you say that every time. <laughs> I've noticed that I say it every time I start an interview, and some of the people I don't even know. I'm like, my all-time favorite, let's talk it over with Tom Green from MTV. By the way, Tom Green's been on the show. I saw that. I looked on your, uh, on your Twitter account. Did you listen to any of these or no? No, but I saw. I saw. You have all off-season to, to sit and listen I to this. I am looking forward to catching up on life, and one of those will be uh, catching up on this podcast. I would skip the Tom Green episode if I were you. But I listened to Skip. Skip Schumacher was fun. Good guy. Former teammate. Yeah, heck yeah. I won't. Who's your favorite former teammate? They're like children, you know? <laughs> I got no favorites. Brad Thompson. Yes. Yeah, so Brad, Brad is definitely at the top of the list. Ridiculous guy. Um, so we'll talk about your career uh, back in the day. I love the stories, and you're a good storyteller, but... Uh, <laughs> Why do you laugh? <laughs> it puts me on the spot for this one. Yeah, just think of that while we ask these questions about being a high-paid executive for the Cardinals and being the scouting director. Um, I think it's so cool that they called you and just, um, and I know it's, most people have heard the story, but you were kind of doing your own thing. You had a company that you were doing um, kind of a scouting service on Deck Digital, and then what, Mo calls you out of the blue and you become the scout. I mean, just tell us a little bit about the process of becoming, uh, you know, there's only 30 of these jobs. This is a pretty, pretty cake job. Yeah, um, I, I guess I would go back to what, what path I was attempting to chart outside of the uniform. And um, although the path was not intentional to do what I was doing in order to become the scouting director of the Cardinals, it certainly seems looking back that that's what I had been planning all along. Um, but simply it was uh, going back to graduate school first and then being embedded in broadcasting, starting a business. Um, Becoming a college coach, all were parts that have um, helped prep me in some form or fashion for this role. And although Mo, Mo's invitation to um, to apply for the job, that invitation was out of the blue. The connection with him was not out of the blue. In fact, he had written a letter of recommendation for my graduate school. Um, I had kept in contact with him since I got done playing. Um, as I, I sought his advice as a sounding board uh, on a transition out of the uniform. And, uh, you know, when people ask for advice about how to get into the game or, or about what to do to develop in their career, um, my advice is simply to treat every encounter and every day like a job interview. Because unbeknownst to me, I had been going under about a three-year job interview with Mo. Mo doesn't like me so much, so I don't think I have this. No, I'm just kidding. But he did a couple times say some funny things to me where I'm like, oh, I didn't realize that's how you felt. I mean, we had this interesting relationship. I love Mo, well, but it's look, funny. Mo's released me once before as a player, and he'll release me again if I don't do this job. And so I have the utmost respect um, for the, uh, the role and the weight of the responsibility. It's something I take uh, very, very seriously, and I'm, I'm thrilled to be given uh, the keys to this department. So it, is there a philosophy that you come into the job with like what you're going to do as a scouting director and what is the philosophy if you can talk about it i think that's one of the things that made me an attractive candidate is that i did not go into it with any preconceived notion of how i would run a scouting department um in fact to most of the questions i received during the interview process um i asked for a year or two for my own opinion um because i did not come in with any uh, attached biases to how i had done it before so it's a long-winded way of saying philosophically I wanted to see how things operated and then see how I might pivot or leave an, um, an imprint or an impact that's different than the way it was done before. Um, a lot of that stuff, though, 
just basic philosophy carries over from from a locker room. You know, realizing that what what a team a, a team concept is, realizing that there's different roles within the team, um, everyone pulling in that same direction. Just like on the field between the white lines in the scouting department, you have people who have different skill sets live across the country, uh, and you have to trust that everyone's doing their part to get the best draft pick at each round. So is there a philosophy? I mean, do you have uh, – I mean, I know it's different every year, but do you say, wow, you know, not a lot of power bats in our system. Let's kind of look for that this summer. How does that work? Yeah, so it's a little dangerous just because typically the players you draft, as you know, even though the Cardinals have, have – um, have set the standard on player development and scouting, there still is a lag time between when you draft them and when they get here. And so... Um, the, the, Trevor Rosenthal and Jason Mott, right? Catcher to pitchers. Exactly right. And, and so it, it's basically just to maximize your opportunities for talent um, and to do it within the parameters provided by the draft. You know, a, a signing bonus, a signing pool. Um, and, and the philosophy is simply to not change from that and to try to not get caught up in what we might lack in the big leagues or what injuries um, or a trade might have decimated and instead of be consistent um, looking for talent. So it's very early in your career. Do you have, I mean, this is probably a better question five years down the line, but proudest moment so far as a scouting director, like somebody you see and, or something that you saw as you were doing your job? Tell no, me you're right. So a particular player, that, that would come down the line, I think. Uh, but even just this last year, I was very proud of our staff. Uh, and how they worked, knowing that we did not have a first-round draft pick, we didn't have a second-round draft pick uh, because of uh, signing Dexter Fowler and the sanctions. And and after going from you know a new scouting director trying to take some of the lessons of that year to the next year, it became a little bit difficult just because now the type of um, place that we draft first is much different. That being said, I was proud about how our staff, our scouts, um, our department rallied. Um, around trying to do the best job they could independent of where we drafted. And they did that on their own. It didn't require any prodding for me, and that's something I was very proud of them for. We've heard of other teams um, kind of just eliminating major league scouts, and I think it's kind of not – I guess being the scouting director, it's part of your job. But tell us a, lot, a little bit about the scouts and how many there are and kind of what the makeup of this, this group is. Is there major league scouts still, or is it still more now – Let's find talent, young talent, and bring it to Randy, and then you guys evaluate. Yeah, so the way we're split up, my responsibility is strictly over the amateur draft. And so we do have major league scouts. We do have scouts who scout the minor leagues, international. Uh, But my focus specifically is related to the amateur draft. And we bucket our scouts via an area scout, a regional cross-checker, a national cross-checker. We have analysts. Um, We have special assistants who also serve as scouts. Um, but it's their job to canvas year over year um, every player eligible for the draft and try to help us rank them accordingly to, to how we like them. Who do you like? Who do we got in the system that we should be saying? I know it's hard to say. I know you said kind of specifics are kind of rough, but I want to just see just sort of well, maybe the state of the uh, minor league system. We saw two, what, championships in the minor leagues. This is a great thing for obviously the team to know that Palm Beach and Memphis, uh, you know, have championship rings. Yeah, you know what, I, I, I think that we're excited about the pipeline, um, and, and rightfully so. Um, as you know, two years ago, each of our short season levels won a championship right after the draft, um, those, those uh, 2016 short season teams. We had two championships last year. Uh, Gary LaRock, um, our farm director, would, would be the person to best uh, message who he thinks are, are those closest to here. 
Um, but I think what I, what I am willing to share is that I think that there's good balance in our minor leagues right now. Um, certainly from you, you saw 11 players called up this year for, who had you know, their first experience in St. Louis. Uh, then going all the way down to our, our short season teams in our draft, uh, there's balance up and down. Uh, those with upside, those who are a little bit more polished. Um, collegiate pitchers, um, and, and then also the, the high school athlete. And so our hope is that each and every year we're able to fill any of the needs here with our minor league system. We'll get back into your scouting uh, job. This is a little too serious, though. I want to ask you, tell me about Steve Klein. <laughs> wow, what a segue. You know what, look, Steve I'm the Klein, king of those. Steve Klein um, was a great example of someone who took the ball every day. And, oh, and, no, 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 and no, in, no, not that. And in 2004, <laughs> when I got called up, um, I was in Memphis. I want to say almost two weeks before I got called up, I was at lunch with Dan Heron, and I was telling him that I, this is in August, that um, I think that the season, 2004, was going to be my last season. I just didn't see me playing again. I was performing very well. I was in the league leaders in ERA. Um, I was going back and forth between the rotation and the bullpen, and it didn't seem like my chance would come. And, and Dan's, Dan encouraged me like, why? Oh, he encouraged me to keep going. He said, why? I said, look, I'm, I'm doing everything I can. I'm almost 29 years old. If it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. Two weeks later, Steve Klein pops his groin, covering first base. And he gave me a, uh, that injury. Um, I got called up. And uh, I've been on other teams where when, when, a, when someone gets hurt who's in your role, who's a veteran, they're not always kind to you. And, and Klein was the opposite of that. In fact, all of the, the bullpen was the opposite of that. It was a very unique experience to see a team that was that um, confident in themselves and then um, that accommodating to a rookie to know that, look, their job, they felt, was to shepherd me into the great tradition uh, of, of wearing a, a Cardinal uniform, and, and Klein did that for me. Any fun? I mean, you weren't around him much because, obviously, he left after 04 and you kind of had the, the cup of coffee, yeah. but the man is a, is a crazy man. Yeah, no, and in a lot of ways I'm jealous of him because he was able to uh, be uh, very loose and he kept the clubhouse loose. Um, he competed. He um, was the same whether or not he won or lost. And those are a lot of the things that maybe I, you know, I struggled with. I, I wasn't always that way. I was more reserved. I had moments, but I certainly uh, I wasn't a mirror of Steve Klein, that's for sure. So my favorite, I mean, this, this team in 05 and 06 and 04, too, uh, I love the team because they're great. Um, but I got to know you guys so well, and it was just fun to watch you guys work, be around you guys so much. And to see you and Izzy work together as friends more than anything. I mean, you guys have more stories off the field than you can probably talk about, but just, just really dumb, as Klein called them, dum-dum. Yeah. Tell me a little bit, um, if you have a funny Izzy story that, you, that makes you laugh. You just laughed here, you obviously have something. No, look, he, he, he's such a gentle giant. Let me just go professionally, what I appreciate about him is that um, he had a lot of success here. And at the end, with injury and ineffectiveness, it got hard. Hard for him, hard to handle. And, and he was the example of someone I saw who here, when things were not going bad, I can't recall him ever, you know, really bad-mouthing his situation or the fans or the city or, or, or blaming other people. He, he, he was responsible, and, he, and he, um, he was a pro. I know that not everyone else here has done it that way. I, I've been around it. And so I've always just respected that behind closed doors he was responsible. And then in front of the media and in front of fans, when this place was booing him, he was um, a stiff upper, uh, upper lip. No one, no one, you know, not everyone knew the injuries he was going through. So professionally, 
Now, as a guy, he's a gentle giant. I mean, like, he could snap me with one hand, uh, literally snap me, and yet he would just let me um, mess with him so much, um, almost like a little cub and a, and, a, and, a, and a, I don't know, the leader of the pack, you know? I was like the little cub who was just patting his nose and thinking that I was, uh, you know, really having my way with him, and with just one swoop of his paw, he'd pin me to the ground and let me know again that, look, Flo, just be careful here, you know? <laughs> I could snap you. Um, and so I... You know, as, as a friend, as a bullpen mate, as a competitor, um, he was a lot of fun to be around uh, on, on both sides of the field, off the field and on. The 06 team is special for everyone. I'm sure it has a special place in your heart. And again, I remember being at spring training and watching this group because you've had the two near misses in the uh, NLCS World Series in 04. Um, you guys just seem like you had so much fun. Obviously, a tough season, but tell me a little bit about coming into 06 and now you're kind of established and and tony gets uh you know some confidence in you tell me a little bit about tony like what, what, how often did you get deal with him i mean was it hey you're coming in tonight we need you and you know, i got adam dunn you're definitely gonna be pitching to him i mean how how what was it like with him so i i've always said um you know who was the best manager i ever played for and i always say um it was tony la Russa. Uh, and it was his consistency that I valued more than anything, uh, in that he was always looking to put you in a position to succeed. Additionally, you, you look at my numbers, you know that I struggled. I was not exactly you know, a Cy Young caliber pitcher here. And Tony, again, always um, defended me publicly whenever those struggles came. And even in some of my private moments when I sought him out, relaying an acknowledgement that I was struggling and that I was hoping to turn it around, his encouragement was always to mention... Um, Look, though, this game's hard. You know, ease up on yourself. Um, you're going to get through this. And so, you know, after being up in the big leagues um, almost the entire year in 2005 and in 2006, knowing that I would have a role, um, you know, knowing that it was Tony's belief in me carried me through the ups and downs of that season. And then certainly as we got to the postseason and he continued to put me in the game, you know, I really knew that if Tony trusted me enough to put me in those games, uh, I needed to trust myself enough. It's, every t- it's so crazy. Every time I talk to a Cardinal who played for him, it's always that, that the manager showed me that I could do this. Skip was the guy that I just always yeah. think of. I mean, Skip, I don't know what he would have been if he didn't play here. Yeah. Aaron Miles. Yeah. I mean, Aaron Miles got millions of dollars from the Cubs, because, and I just believe he, he got it because of Tony. He obviously played great, hit 300. There's got to be something to that, though, when, when, the, when the man up front is doing that. But 06... It's just such a special season. Um, tell me a little bit about just watching Wayno. Uh, you, had, um, you had Brad Thompson, another young guy. I mean, that bullpen was fun, but Josh, Josh Kinney, yeah. It's just a fun bullpen. And, and it went, I mean, we saw it in 2011. He obviously, Tony used Dotel and Zipchinski. But 06, I don't think people remember. Kinney was huge. You were huge. Uh, Tyler, tell uh, me a little bit how much fun you guys had because it was, that was in a mix. You had Izzy, the old guy, you had the young guys. Uh, middle of the road guys just tell me a little bit about how much fun it was to be around that that group uh, it, it was and, and look all of us come you know I, I think that uh you mentioned those names none of us had more than three years in the big leagues or, or two years in the big leagues and so it, it's almost like when you see a guy like brad thompson go out there and he's pitching in a big game uh he's not exactly <laughs> he's not exactly mr intimidation out there <laughs> and so neither he am i tanned a little bit or something <laughs> neither am I and so it's kind of like I'm sure we're all looking at each other being like look if that guy can do it then I can do it and it was almost encouraging like all right let's go you don't have to be you know 6'6 six, six and, 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 and breathe fire and look like a dragon out there if you make pitches if you're composed if you execute in big situations you're going to have success more often than not 
no matter the stage. And it was really fun carrying some of those lessons of that year into the postseason in 06. You guys sit in that bullpen all night. I mean, and this is what a bullpen guy does. Tell me a little bit about favorite moments or just goofy moments. I mean, there's so much stuff that must go on down there. I know you're the scouting director, so you have to be so buttoned up and you can't really. But give me something that two or three, maybe one, whatever. What's it like just you had seven innings where you know you're just not doing anything, especially when Carp's on the mound? Yeah, no, look, the first few innings are fun. I mean, they are. And when you're going good, let me just be clear, when you're going good and you're pitching good and you're confident, they're very fun. And when you're going good and you're pitching confident and Carp's on the mound, then it turns into a mess and you just have a feeling that that you're not going to be called on. But one of the fun things about being the bullpen is that you do have a chance to pitch every day, certainly as a left-handed guy who, you know, you only face a batter or two. And so about that fourth, fifth inning, um, there is that knot in the stomach um, that starts building up. And uh, I think that's one of the funnest things to talk about with the guys who I did play with is recalling um, that knot in the stomach. And some of them miss that. If they're not in the game or they're not being competitive, they miss that knot. Luckily, as you mentioned, I'm a scouting director now. I have that knot. There's, 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 there's real stakes to what um, the draft brings to the Cardinals. Um, but, but seeing those guys and knowing that those same guys who were, I don't know, let's just say, being a little immature for the first five innings, it was fun to, for the next few innings of every game, 160 times a year, um, try to get a batter or two out. You're, you are what I call quiet funny. I mean, you... I've never seen anybody who just seems kind of buttoned up. But, man, you – is that a good assessment? You laughed. Obviously, I'm right. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. Quiet funny. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know the term for it. I just know that there's a time and a place well, for – you're left-handed. Yeah, there's a time and a place for everything. And, and, and with those that um, see a different side of me, they, they probably are surprised sometimes that I can uh, get as serious as I am too. So you uh, have a moment, and this is what I love about Cardinal baseball. Like Gary Bennett will always be remembered for two uh, home runs, walk-offs against the Cubs. I talked to Gary the other day. I talked to Benny all the time. I love that guy. Like I said, this this whole Scott Rowland's here today. I mean, just the Edmund, just such a good guy, such a fun group. Um, and so he's remembered for that. Um, Julian Tavares is remembered for punching a phone in 05. How about a Julian Tavares story, actually, before I move on to the next question? <laughs> No, those ones for sure are not for the record. <laughs> well, this isn't on the record. This is just, no one's listening. <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> oh, but you really okay? So no comment on that. Um, but the fact that you, uh, if you look at Game six, uh, Seven, two thousand six NLCS, the game-winning pitcher is not Jeff Supan. It's uh, not Adam Wainwright. He got the save. It's Randy Flores, and I, I just always think one. It's just amazing. <laughs> yeah, it is amazing, right? That's <laughs> that, that not is. what I'm getting. Just the fact that those little details, it's not just me remembering this. This is like, you know, we're sitting in the Redbird Club right now, and I'm pretty sure people will come by and go like, whoa, uh, Game 7 winner. I mean, that does that mean anything to you that that was like, and that game was so special? Tell me about that game and just what it means to you that, 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 that your name is attached to that. Because I, I think the other one I always talk about is Jake Westbrook is the game winner of Game 6, 2011. A lot of people don't remember that, but... That, that just tells you what a team is. You need 25. What does it mean when, uh, when we talk about this? You know what? It, it, I, I think you said it best. That, that game and then the championship afterwards forever, you know, it's a pinch me moment where you're attached to a World Series winner. Look, I'm, I'm not Scott Rowland. I'm, I'm not Albert Pujols. I'm not Chris Carpenter. But we all got the same ring. And, and was it Stuart, Were you just doing Stuart Smalley, the uh, Al Franken character in SNL where he goes, 
I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. I'm not Chris Carpenter. But gosh darn it, people like me. I'm sorry. The, the ring, the ring's the same. Okay. And I and I think that I would say there was there was there was such. Um, it was really. Really, really, I, I, I don't know. I can't get the right word for it. There's no word that wraps this up. But there really was no better feeling than after Game 7 to be able to, 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 to high-five, to hug, to cheers, uh, and, and look in the eye of those other guys on the team and know that I didn't mug it up. You know, <laughs> uh, the, the stakes That's were cool. that big, and it was, it, it was the place was shaking. Um, and for a day... Um, I met that challenge. We won the game and got a ring. It's, it's really fun. Yeah, and it, like I said, it's just as I'm a Cardinal fan, just uh, just whatever. As a kid, I've just grown up on this stuff, diehard. And I just that's what I love about being a Cardinal fan is that you, Gary Bennett, um, trying to think of other like niche moments, but just those type of things, you'll be remembered forever. Um, so let, just last thing, um, we're talking about you being the scouting director. Cardinals haven't made the playoffs the last two years. Um, it seems like it's a it's a, a team concept of staying young, staying affordable, drafting within, which is what they've been doing since since Mo took over. Um, it seems like that would put a little more pressure on you. Um, just tell me if that's kind of what you sense um, that hey, this you know, there's 30 scouting directors, but we we take this thing very seriously because this is how we want to win. We want to see Harrison Bader play up here. We want to see Magnus Sierra. We want those guys to stay here play their you know their their formative young 20 mid-20s years up here and uh, and win is that is that sort of am i right about kind of that i mean and you guys have, have talked about it here in town and you know our, our knowledgeable fans it starts with our owner and then obviously with mo and gersh um there's a track record here that shows it has been done and it can be done now though other teams are also even those with greater resources are also on that same path and so the challenge now, and, and it's one we gladly bear, is to continue to push and find edges and wins in the margins in, a, in order to allow us um, to continue uh, what we expect here, which is contend for championships year in and year out. And so even now, while I'm here watching today's game and tomorrow's game, our scouts are out canvassing the country, um, prepping for the draft in June in order to find value out of every one of our 40 picks. And it's something that uh, I, I, I'm, I'm extremely thrilled to be back with the organization. Um, it's a responsibility that I do not take lightly, and I hope that it's something um, that bears fruit for this organization for years to come. And you said Gary kind of is the, the farm director, so it's a different job. Yeah. Uh, but you do, I mean, it has to be sort of thrilling to see guys that you drafted, some guys that you've talked about kind of doing their thing early on right i mean how does that make you feel yeah no it is it, it's that that's the like part that you make that decision for a team and then it's the, the, when i when i was hired um and the cardinals were in the playoffs in 2015 i was just a few months into the job and i could see the look on the faces of those in in the gm suite um as they knew the history of every single player that got there and they knew the story behind it whether it was the trade, a free agent sign, a minor league free agent, a draft. They knew whatever problems happened in the minor leagues. They knew the coaches who impacted them, the injury. They knew it all. And, and I was envious of, 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 of the look in their faces as they were seeing that come to fruition. And, and my hope is that shortly here, um, the look on my face will match what I saw just a couple years ago. 
Quiet funny. I didn't get any. I'm kind of sad. <laughs> you built it up, not me. Well, people need to know he's very funny. I, I think he's wearing his Cardinal uh, button-ups, and he can't really be the Randy Flores that I remember as a player, but he was, he was very fun. I enjoyed this. That's I a hope, good thing. That's a good thing. I hope you enjoyed it. I did. I did. Now you're going to go listen to other ones. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Can't wait. I don't believe you. That's Randy Flores, scouting director for the Cardinals. That's so awesome that he's doing that, and I'm a big fan, big fan of Randy Flores. Baseball and Beyond, sponsored by Masses Restaurants. Go check them out. Five locations in St. Louis, stlmasses.com. That's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you for listening, and keep subscribing on iTunes. Oh, my God.